You're listening to Minutia Men. But first, take a listen to this other fine Opie show. On this week's Free Kicks with Adam and Rick, we talk about the best soccer slash football team in the entire world. And that team is... It's Liverpool, of course. Uh, I thought you were going to say Chelsea. <laughs> it would have been incorrect. It is Liverpool. Uh, find out all about the greatest team in the world. It's uh, uh, part of our favorite discussion coming up this week on Free Kicks. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. <laughs> Oh boy! So every week, Dave does some sort of a uh, a visual thing, and he has a Bernie Sanders mask on right now. That's what it is, right? Yeah, it was a Bernie Sanders. Yeah, but th- I lost the glasses on the Bernie Sanders, so it's yeah. hard to. So I tried to put my glasses through the little eye holes. Well, you know, Bernie wears contacts a lot now. Huh. He does work. So you didn't think that this was Bernie Sanders? No, I immediately knew it was Bernie Sanders. And the hand gestures didn't do it for you? No, no, it did. But I mean, you didn't do the impression. What do you want me to get into a a whole costume? What's going on? This is an audio medium. Do you understand Uh, that? Okay. Well, that was your impersonation would have helped. Uh, By the way, uh, exciting weekend here at the uh, Kempfer House. Mm -hmm. We uh, cleaned out all the closets. Um, and by we, I mean Bridget. Yeah, right. And she found some gems. Actual precious well, stones? Yeah, it might as well be. Okay. Like, well. for instance, I have here a giant diaper, a full-sized diaper. What is... You like that? A man, uh, this diaper can be worn by a adult male. Of, I mean, a, 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 like... Lou Ferrigno, or, you know. <laughs> so I tell you where this came from. It was part of the Landecker and the Legends shows. Ah. We had this song called Baby Boomer, and John would go out and perform wearing just a diaper. You know, it, and it, we had it because Bridget ran the backstage area for the shows, and he didn't want that. <laughs> well, I, I think he doesn't know we have it. I've got to, I've got to reach out to him. I think maybe the Smithsonian. Or uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, how old was John at the time? He was about 50. And he wore a diaper on stage in front of thousands of people. Yeah. That man really has got to get out of his shell. You know, he does not have what (laughs) some people call the embarrassment (laughs) gene. Good for him. It does not exist inside of him. So then what else is there? Thing. What is that? Look at this. This, you know how you've been booking guests for our show? Well, you... And, you know, maybe most of them have been booked through you. Okay. Um, Not today's guest, which is Len Casper. Well, that's true. I did book Len. Um, but um, I thought I lost my celebrity phone book. So for years, I've just been letting yeah, you Yeah, you've been this. saying, I don't know how to do it anymore. Yeah. I don't have any content. Well, here it is. Now, oh! look, first thing I notice. It's, it, in, it's on paper. It's on paper. Yeah. Um, secondly, look at how small the font is. Like 35-year-old Rick could oh, you actually can't, read yeah, that. Yeah, you can't. That, that's, now I've got to put on my glasses. So It's a three-ring binder, three-ring binder, very yeah. nice. Uh, and there are literally hundreds of celebrity phone numbers in really? there. Hundreds. Uh, in fact, give me a... Give me a letter of the alphabet, and uh, um, the only problem is many of them are dead. Okay. Right. Uh, so any 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 letter of the any alphabet. letter of the <clears throat> alphabet. Uh, C. C. All right. Hang on. We're looking through Rick's. All letter. right. Uh, here I'm gonna. I'm just gonna do the dead ones. <laughs> okay. Uh, Harry Carey. Okay. Dead. Yeah. yeah sure. Dead. Um, Skip Carey. 
Also oh, his dead. son. Right. <clears throat> Chip is alive. Chip's still alive. Um, we've got George Carlin in here. No longer with no. us. David Carradine. No, no longer with us. Wow. These are all in a row, too, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, Johnny Cash. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. He's uh, no longer alive. Let's see here. Who else do I got? Uh, Ray Charles. No. Nope. Yeah, he's he's gone. Yeah, you um, would have sucked at being a producer now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Chevy Chase. His, yeah, career, his, career, right. his career is dead. Yeah, you're right. Um, is Charles still alive? Oh, I think so. She's. A, yeah. Well, I've got her home phone number right here. Charo. Uh, let's see. Who else? Um, Cher is still alive. Uh, yeah. Tim Conway. Gone. Uh, Cliff Coral from the Blackhawks. Is he still alive? Oh, I have no idea. Uh, Walter Cronkite, dead. Um, but anyway, that's that's just a sample. Well, start getting on it. So that's just the letter C. I want uh, Chevy Chase on our show next week. <laughs> Speaking of who we have coming uh, up. I do have his home phone number. Okay. Well, uh, give him a call at the break. Okay. Uh, Len Casper, Cubs announcer, will be here yes. shortly. Very excited about mm-hmm. that. He uh, just signed a new deal with the Marquee Sports Network Good and broadcasting the Cubs games in 2020 yeah. so uh yes he'll be coming on but first we have minutia don't we yeah uh can you uh you know where the jenkins jingle is by any chance oh do i know where the jenkins jingle is here we go when you're on the job and you're not doing it right jenkins! time now for dave to share stories of employee screw-ups jenkins! it could only be jenkins jenkins with rick and dave jenkins! yeah bank robbery Oh, look, a phone call. Yeah, it wouldn't be our show without the phone ringing. Uh, bank robbery is a profession, right? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, you you would imagine that there's some sort of onboarding or orientation to be a burglar, right? Maybe Are you saying that Jenkins is also a burglar? Here's the headline. Bank robber pillowcase disguise had no eye holes. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Davis, or Davies, failed to create <laughs> eye holes in the pillowcase he used as a mask in an attempted robbery at a bank in Dunfermline, Fife, Scotland. I love that place. Yes, absolutely. The 47-year-old threatened staff with a meat cleaver <laughs> and left the branch with nearly 2,000 pounds. And you, you know, that's... What do you want from me? I'm a Scotsman. Ooh, you flopped out, the, <laughs> flopped out the Scottish accent. Now, this is what happened. A hearing at the High Court in Glasgow heard how Davies entered the banks of Scotland branch and pulled yeah. a meat cleaver from the pillowcase, kind of like right. a magician, right, before, before putting the pillowcase on his head. So, okay, so here's oh a guy. God. Jenkins. <laughs> right, so, uh, but the failure to create eye holes meant he had to take it off to talk and to see what he well, was doing. Well, and plus he walked in and pulled the meat cleaver out before he put it on. So they've already got him in all the cameras. I know. Can you imagine he's got a pillow over his head? He's like trying to rob a plant. Right next to the, oh, the teller. Oh, for God's sake. Uh, the, after threatening staff, Davies did get out with about 2,000 pounds, but uh, yeah, <laughs> he's been caught. <laughs> so ki- kids, do the... Uh, uh, amazing police work. Do the pre-show, the, the prep work, okay? Get, you know, cut the eye holes first. Yeah. You know, yeah. why don't bank robbers, um, so, you know, bring back the classic Batman bank robber 
costume. Oh, you mean like the uh, black and white, you know, shirts? Sure. And then, and then the, the blindfold with the eyes cut <laughs> right. out, and then the bomb that says "bomb" on it. Yes. Right? If the, you know, why don't burglars and, bring and wearing back? a shirt that says "bank robber" <laughs> yeah. on it? <laughs> yeah. Why don't they? Uh, why don't they bring back well, that? Look? I think that's a good idea. Um, I have a, a great story involving. Hey, this is for all of the ladies out there because uh, the ladies all seem to love stories about the royals. Oh yes. yes. And I have I got hope. a story about the royals. Um, and this would be Prince Harry, our favorite prince. Everyone loves yeah, Prince Harry. Sure, sure. You've heard the story. He's sort of divorcing himself from the, the uh, royal family. From the royal family. Because right. that's not a job I'd want, yeah, right? Living in Canada part-time. <laughs> and But anyway, now he doesn't have a job. <laughs> yeah, well, you're right. So the geniuses at Burger King, the marketing geniuses, uh, did this. It's uh, I'm going to read this out of the New York Post. Prince Harry's giving up one crown, but another could be in his future. In the wake of news that Harry and his wife, Meghan Markle, want to step away from their royal duties uh, in the quest for financial independence, the king has stepped up with a job offer. Burger King. Nice. It's a, you know, that's smart. Absolutely. Dairy Queen's probably going to get in the the game on this, oh, too, maybe. That's a that's a good idea. Uh, I was just thinking, to, as far as I'm concerned, um, it's like Burger King hired uh, a Rick and a Dave. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Because that's right. the sort of stuff we'd bring up. Uh, I would th- yeah. In fact, the Prince Spaghetti people, what's wrong with you people? Yeah, come on. What, how how are game. you missing the boat on this? Absolutely. What? Uh, and don't we need a new Empire Carpet Man? Good. Very nice. D- uh, don't we? Hello, Taco and Burrito King. Wow, there's Please. a lot with the King and Queen. Is there a... Hey, Paisley Park in Minnesota? They need a prince? Nice. Look at you. Yeah. Sorry. that one. I have, uh, prince Harry in a can? <laughs> uh, anyway, that's uh, those are my suggestions, and uh, and welcome to uh, regular society, Prince Harry. Yeah, yeah, we welcome you with open arms. He's going to get two weeks vacation. <laughs> Right. Imagine the first time he has to go to work, he's like, um, hey, listen, um, I to, there's one quick phone call to make. I'll be right back. I have to be eight to five? What yeah. All right. Uh, it's time for our regular celebrity feature. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the jar and uh, pulls out the name of a celebrity I've met, many of uh, whom are dead, yeah. as, <laughs> as we, we just discovered. But we got their disconnected phone numbers, if you want. I've got more names to add now. I was looking through this list. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot that one. I've well, got, I probably have 50 more names to throw in the jar. From the people that we've had on our show. Yeah, and that too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, you pulled out the name Sarah Ferguson. I know, oh, my hey, God. Royals. Royals. How, how yeah. it was like we planned this. Um. Would you like me to tell the story of Sarah yes, Ferguson? Yes, All right. Please. So, and at the end of this, can you please pull out another name for us? Sure, I will do that. All right. Um, Sarah Ferguson, Duchess of York, mm-hmm. is the one that was married to Prince Andrew. Yeah, who's who is in the the Epstein <laughs> uh, thing? Yeah, He's yeah, a yeah, little yeah, li- yeah. little worried about yeah. Prince Andrew. Yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't make a lot of public appearances anymore, as it turns out. But anyway, Sarah Ferguson was married to him and divorced him. Right. And after she divorced him, she, like Prince Harry, had to go out and get a real job. And was she was doing a lot watch, of... Was it Weight Watchers? Was she a Weight Watchers? She was a Weight Watchers spokesperson. Uh, In fact, that's when I met her. Okay. But she, she's done all sorts of 
of endorsements. She was like Mike Ditka. Right. right. And when she came to uh, Chicago in the, I'd say, late 90s, um, I tried to get her on to do an interview and I couldn't get her, but she was doing like a, like a mini press conference okay. for Weight Watchers. So I went, went to the press conference with my tape recorder. I figure I go sure. in there now. Right. I get a, a tape, Boom, a taped interview. Well, um, she was very nice. Oh, first of all, before she came in, there was a, like a protocol person that told us how we needed to address her really? and, and all that. So stuff. you kind of went through. School, charming, charm school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I don't remember any of the details of that. I just remember, whoa, this is going to be cool. You know, <laughs> and she was really down to earth and friendly. And there was only, I think, maybe like fifteen or twenty people in the room. Um, and so I went up there with a uh, tape recorder and just put it up there and figured I could take little excerpts and and, do, and together. put together sure. something. Well, uh, she didn't talk about anything interesting at all. And so I went back to the station the next day and I'm like, I'm sorry, John, I didn't get anything. Oh, I've got this tape of her talking about Weight Watchers and, you know, yeah. I'm not going to give him a free commercial. Right. right. Uh, he goes, well, let me listen to the tape. The genius at work, right? Right. He listened to the tape uh, and there was one part, she told a quick story about how when she got up in the morning uh, and saw the beautiful skyline of Chicago, uh, she looked down at the clock it's 6.43, and I'm looking at this beautiful city, right? Yeah. So John heard that and took out, what do you think he took out? I don't know. He didn't take out any of the part about uh, enjoying the beautiful city. He took out the her time. saying, it's 6.43, and we were doing a morning show. Oh, so and it's 6.43. So occasionally, whenever it was 6.43, he just hit the... Oh, my uh, God. Uh, what time is it, uh, Sarah Ferguson, Duchess of York? It's 6.43. You know, that that really is the, He's the a genius. genius, the radio genius. I he mean, is. to... Uh, Oh, that's a great. And now you've seen his diaper. (laughs) (laughs) Available on eBay for. All right. Uh, Now, here's the next week. Kathy Lee Gifford. Very much like Sarah Ferguson. Right, right, right. No, I have a, I've, I've got a good Kathy Lee story. And we'll listen to it next week. Yes. Now, before we uh, take a break, which we're going to do here in a second, uh, can you tell people how to subscribe to the show quickly? Rick, it's an embarrassment on how easy this is. How do you do it? Oh, you go on Stitcher. You can go on Google Play. You can go on Pod, uh, Apple Podcast. You can go on Podbean and... Just pod yourself to death. Wherever you find your uh, favorite podcasts, we'll be right there. Yeah. You know who just subscribed this week? Uh, No. Me. (laughs) I I had never subscribed. I didn't. I never got around to it. I would just always look for it every because I knew what days it was coming out. And uh, this past week, I was sitting out in my garage having a cigar and I was listening to an old uh, podcast, and I saw that I have a an app on my phone yeah. for for subscribing. Right. And I, I think it's called Podcast. It's called Podcast. Right, I right. clicked on that, and I'm like, oh, uh, subscribe here, and I did, and I subscribed to Minutia Men, wow. Celebrity Minutia Men Interview. I subscribed to Free Kicks with Adam and Rick, and uh, all the other radio misfits. And, and you know, no, not really, but <laughs> but let's say it's possible <laughs> to right, exactly. And you could go to RadioMisfits.com and figure it out through that so, uh, yes. so come on yes and if you listen to this show you're going to always see our celebrity interview and we've got a big one coming up mm-hmm. after the break when we come back we'll be talking to Len Casper the voice of the Chicago Cubs we'll be right back 
to the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and friends. That's us. I'm Kimmy. I'm Sam. And I am Tommy right here. We're going to talk about Florida men. We're going to talk about paranormal stories. We're going to talk about uh, city stuff. Sex talk. Sex talk. And sex talk. And yeah, sex talk will come up. But only if it's brought up. We got to keep that on the DL. So come meet your new friends with and friends on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, radiomisfits.com, and Opie Production. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, it's one of the Mercuries that was used in Hawaii Five O, now in need of restoration. Plus another great automotive list. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute. With Rick and Dave. He has been the play-by-play man for the Cubs on television now for many years. First at WGN, then at Comcast Sports, then at WGN and Comcast Sports, then at WGN and Comcast Sports and WLS-TV. <laughs> and coming this season, according to the news stories, they've just signed him a marquee network. Please welcome Len Casper to the podcast. Len. Hey guys, happy to be with you. So you are signed, right? Yeah, all ready to go for 2020. I can't wait for the games to start. Okay, now admit it to me, when you were doing all those other stations, did you ever accidentally say the wrong station? Because <laughs> I don't know how you... I, mean, I, I worked in radio for many years and I was, I think, on six different stations. I screwed up all the time. When I was on the loop, I'd say, you know, oldie station or whatever. Has that ever happened to you? I don't recall saying the wrong station, but there was one night in L.A. I got to the ballpark on the early bus, and I realized I had a either an ABC7 shirt on or WGN, <laughs> and it was the wrong network. So I texted J.D., and I said, could you get into my hotel room and grab the other uh, polo? And that was the only time in uh, 15 years I got it wrong. Um, so that's a pretty good track record. So you used to have to carry three different polos with you when you'd go on the road? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. Won't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, Which shirt was best? Which was the most comfortable of all the call letter shirts? Oh, man. I mean, they all were. We we were able to kind of get whatever brand we uh, felt most comfortable with. And um, I have uh, I have a pretty good load of, uh, <laughs> of logoed shirts in my basement. Yeah, so what are you going to do with them now? I'm talking it, eBay. You're going to make exactly. a fortune on eBay with those things. Sign them? I, I have a few friends who collect stuff, and uh, they think, you know, having a game-worn uh, shirt's pretty cool. And I'm going to save a few for potential auction items uh, down the road. Um and, and probably hang on to a couple, too, just for uh, posterity. But uh, I'm sure you know, some fans at some point might uh, want to get their hands on one of those. So we'll see. You know, you, you mentioned, Jim, just a few seconds ago, you guys have great chemistry together. I am not a Cub fan, full disclosure. I'm a Sox fan. But you guys really, I, I enjoy very much um, watching the games and, 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 and feeling your chemistry together. Was that something that just organically grew? I mean, sometimes you're the straight guy, sometimes you're the goofy guy, but it just it, it, it seems like it's seamless and your chemistry is just fantastic. Well, I appreciate that. I, I think the, the benefit or the advantage of doing baseball every day is that it is every day. And it doesn't take too long to kind of 
get that rhythm and that chemistry going. Uh, I had known JD for for a long time, not not that well, but uh, with the Astros and the Cubs in the same division for a long time, I had talked to him quite a bit, and I've told the story in the past uh, when Bob Brenly uh, left for Arizona. I talked to the Cubs and, and WGN, and they they all asked. Uh, for my opinion on, you know, who do you like? And uh, I gave them a, a pretty good list of names. And I said, but if you had to hire somebody today, Jim Deshays would be my top choice. And uh, it really worked out well. I remember calling JD and said, uh, hey, would you be interested in this job? And he said, yeah, yeah, I actually would. And it uh, worked out well. He moved uh, his family to Chicago and uh It'll be eight years this year uh, with J.D. I did eight years with Bob, and time goes uh, really fast when you're having fun, that's for sure. He's he's awesome. Does he ride his bike to the games? Because I swear I saw somebody that looked exactly like him riding a bike to uh, a Cubs game once. And maybe uh, I'm going to say no. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to say no. I don't think he is uh, the kind of uh, – now, he might walk home after a game, but I, I don't think he's a, a bicycle rider necessarily. But you never know. Maybe okay. there's a doppelganger somewhere uh, in Chicago uh, – who looks just like him. I'll have to be on the lookout for it. Now, before we get into the Cubs, I just wanted to say this. as I follow you on Twitter, and I feel like I need to apologize for fellow Cubs fans because sometimes <laughs> they are brutal to you. I, I like the way that you uh, you share your opinions on all sorts of different subjects, but, man, oh, man, they really go after you sometimes. Does that ever bother you? It doesn't seem like it bothers you at all. That would drive me crazy. No, no. I mean, you can't tweet to have a good day uh, and have 100% of the replies be positive. It's just the way that that, that medium works. And um, I don't block people. I don't generally mute people. So, uh, you know, I uh, some people may just tweet and only want to get positive responses. It none of it bothers me a bit. And uh, it's part of the gig. You know, the, you, you can't expect everyone to to love you and love all of your opinions and that's fine and i like having opinions that are my own and uh twitter is kind of a spot where i can maybe be a little more opinionated as opposed to a game broadcast and uh kind of get my thoughts on the sport out there and uh, i have no problem disagreeing with people or having them disagree with me it's a uh, free country and it's you know, i like talking baseball and hearing different opinions it doesn't bother me a bit what is your opinion on the DH? I'm a White Sox fan. I love the DH. Are you on my uh, side of the equation, or are you a anti-DH uh, guy? I'm a I'm a realist. I I'm, I don't hate the DH, and I don't love it. But I think where we are going is the DH will be universal at some point. Uh, with all the interleague play, it just makes sense to have the rules match up. Uh, I would be of the mindset of compromising and have the DH tied to the starting pitcher. Uh, and once the starting pitcher is out, uh, then you have to figure out what you do in that spot and the DH oh. goes away. I'd be fine with that. Like that, that. That hybrid would, would be kind of cool. Um, it would take away some of the DH opportunities in the American League, but also would uh, you know keep your starting pitchers healthy. And I, mm -hmm. I, I think that's important when – 
you have so much money in the industry and and a lot of it tied up in, in starting pitching you know guys are making upwards of now a million dollars a start right uh, to have someone uh, get hit by a pitch or, or lose half a season would would not be ideal and uh, you know you could get a little bit of the best of both worlds so I think it's coming at some point down the road where the rules will be the same throughout uh, Major League Baseball we've already blurred the lines between the American League and the National League. So let's figure out a way to, to make it uh, palatable for, for fans of both leagues, and that might be an interesting idea. I like that idea. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, you know, or, some, you know, yeah. the other the other idea I had, too, was have the, uh, the first time through the order, the pitcher bats, and then the DHs involved the rest of the game. You could do that. Um, but the, the big the big idea I've heard is tying it to the starting pitcher, and that also might mean you you extend that starter another inning because you get another at bat out of your starting DH. So I don't know. It's, it, yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it, when you're when you're paying bat around three hundred million for a pitcher, um, you you want to protect that investment. Yeah, for sure. You don't want them to blow out a hamstring. So, so you know, let's talk about uh, the Cubs a little bit. Um, you know, I'm a uh, I, I like the stories of the players. I've never really been one of these analytics guys. Um, and I know that you are. You, uh, you occasionally mention it on the air, and you, you do get into it quite a bit on Twitter. Um, for people like me, the uh, the old schoolers, what what are the new stats that you think are really valuable and and what are the old stats that uh, we used to look at that are not valuable at all? Well, I, I think the, the counting stats are dangerous. Uh, RBIs and runs really are a function of your, your teammates. Uh, you know, I tend to look at RBI opportunities. If you see a guy who's had a really good year and his RBI totals are, are low, let's say you've got a guy who's, you know, a, a, a two or three hitter and he's, uh, hitting 298, he's got 34 home runs and he's got 72 RBIs, right? And you yeah. see another guy who's 240, uh, 19 home runs and 96 RBIs. I think in the old school uh, realm, you would say that the the guy with the lower average but the the bigger RBI totals having a better year. But then you look and you say, well, wait a minute. Uh, the, the the guy with the, the better batting average has batted with 65 fewer base runners on, right? right? So it, it is a function of opportunity. Um, you can have a really good year and have a low RBI total. You can have what I would consider a bad year and have a high RBI total. Uh, you know, so runs and RBIs are things that I don't tend to really look at uh, all that much. Uh, I, I do look at on-base percentage and slugging. I think those are just real basic good numbers. It never hurts to have a high batting average. That's the one thing I will say. Right. You always want to hit for as high an average as possible. But the mitigating factor is, you know, if you look at uh, Kyle Schwarber, who had a great second half last year, you know, you his career, his batting average is never going to pop out at you. But if your if your on base percentage is a hundred points or better than your your batting average, you know, that that's a very helpful thing. Uh, Javier Baez needs to hit for a high batting average because he doesn't walk a whole lot. Right. So his really good seasons are. 
you know, 290, 310, 286 for the batting average. But if he hits 250, his his on-base percentage is likely to be well below 300. Um, so you don't worry as much about the batting average with guys like Schwarber, whereas a Starlin Castro, uh, a Javier Baez, a Nicholas Castellanos, uh, those guys have to hit for higher averages. So there's some nuance in there. Uh, it's not just black or white. There's some gray. Um, but those are the basics of how I view an offensive player. And then in terms of pitchers, you know, I think, you know, ERA is still something we all do look at. Fielding independent pitching, the fifth number uh, is something we do tend to also look at uh, in terms of a half a season. You go, well, you know, this guy's got an ERA of five, but his FIP is three and a half, so he may be due for a good second half. I'm uh, sorry, on the flip what, side, what, it's, what is FIP again? That's uh... Fielding independent pitching, the idea is if you take out uh, what we could consider luck, the batting average on balls in play, uh, and just consider the at people that sort of thing. right. Just just consider the things that a pitcher can really control, uh, which we would consider home runs, walks, strikeouts. What would the ERA be if we neutralize the other things? Right. So that number is more predictive than it is about what actually has occurred. I think ERA is 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 way better in terms of what actually happened. But you can then say, well, you know, as, as you look at a free agent, for instance, uh, you could say this guy had a down year last year, but his FIP would indicate that maybe there was some bad luck involved and he may be due for, for a good season. And I think a lot of uh, front offices look at those numbers uh, a little bit more heavily than they used to in the past. In the past, you'd go, guy had a five and a half, he had a bad year. Right. Uh, now I think there are some other mitigating numbers that could indicate uh, that it wasn't exactly what the eye test showed you. Yes, you know when I played when I played little league, I got one hit in two years. Is there any stat that could could? Uh, <laughs> I think your on base percentage was close to right. five. I walked a lot though. I had a lot of great. Well, you may you may have gotten unlucky and hit a couple of lasers at, at a third baseman. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't uh, think so. You know, we're we're on the heels of. Are we just found out all about the Astros? You know, cheating scandal, and it's just insane what they were doing. A um, couple, of, you know, you've seen what, thousands of baseball games, right? Has there been anything that you have seen or like that maybe there's a, a home and away split for a player and you're just like, you know, something just isn't right here. I mean, I, I don't suspect that you you know knew that the Astros were cheating, but is it, I mean, is it common, was it common suspicion that, that things were going on like with the scoreboard and that kind of thing? Well, I think anyone, anytime you see a player who has ridiculous home road splits, you always wonder. Uh, Rockies players for long, a long time have had that for obvious reasons. The environment uh, with altitude and all that, you know, generally explains that. Um, I, I do think. I called a, a, a Barry Bonds home run. I want to say it was number 601 or 602 when he was with the Giants, and I was broadcasting the Marlins. Uh, he broke his bat, and I mean shattered his bat, and hit a home run to right field yeah. at old uh, Pro Player Stadium, which yeah, come on. You know, the, the dimensions there were ridiculous. And uh, uh, someone actually found the video recently, and I, I watched it again, and uh, my my partner Tommy Hutton and I were just blown away, like we were speechless. We had never, and Tommy has been in the game since the uh, mid '60s. He said, "I've never seen a guy 
hit a home run like that. So when you see things like that, it, it does make you scratch your head. Yeah. Uh, the Astros went from a, a very high strikeout offense. Uh, I mean, where the you know basically where the Cubs have been to within a year or two striking out fewer times than any team in baseball with the same so players. The question, same players. Yeah, uh, you can make improvements, but to make improvements that were that drastic. Uh, I, I do think, you know, the antenna goes up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so the lessons learned, I think, from the steroid era and maybe now from from the sign-stealing scandal is that when you see numbers that just don't make any sense, 73 home runs in a season, right? Uh, and those strikeout numbers and spin rates uh, increasing ridiculously, uh, you know, there's stories of guys who were acquired by the Astros in their first start. You know, the spin rate on the curveball goes up 200 RPMs. There's something a little suspicious about that. So, yeah. you know, because we have all the data and all the numbers now, it might be a little easier to, to, to find out those things. We can tell you what the answer is in terms of the numbers. The why or how is the difficult part. And in the case of the Astros, it took us a couple of years to decipher how it happened. So what are your thoughts about the Hall of Fame? Because uh, you have all these athletes uh, like Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa. They're on the they're on the list every year. Their numbers, if you look at their numbers, are clearly Hall of Fame numbers. But everyone knows that they were, you know, on Something roids, right. at least for parts of their career. So what, do they belong in there or not? Well, in my world, they do. Uh, to me, you, you know, you're trying to trying to figure out who did what. Uh, I think there are guys in the Hall of Fame already who've done it, uh, without naming specific names. But there have been suspicions about guys who are already in. Uh, it was an era in baseball that you can't erase. Uh, I don't think it's endorsing or condoning anything to say this guy had a Hall of Fame career. Uh, I would simply look at the at, at the numbers and the volume of work and say if this guy was one of the greatest players in the history of the game, he's eligible to be voted in. I'm going to vote him in. And Bonds and Clemens are getting more than 50% of the vote, so right. I, I think there's a growing uh, thought among a lot of the writers that these guys probably do deserve to be in. And if you're going to tell the story of the history of baseball to not include two of the top ten players of all time, uh, that feels a little weird to me. So I, I would take some of the the other questions out of it and just say, if he's eligible to be in, guy hit over 700 home runs, he's yeah. a Hall of Famer, yeah. period. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you on that. So, so the reason I wasn't good in Little League was just that everybody else was on the Royals then, probably. <laughs> I think so. Was that what it was? Pottawatomie Park <laughs> and uh, Rogers Park back in the day. Yeah, everyone was talking about that. <laughs> so I, I don't want to pigeon you just into uh, baseball because I know you're also uh, really roll, into music. And you tweeted something the other day about the psych- psychedelic furs. Uh, one of my favorite bands. Dave and I actually had a we we met them or I met them back uh, in the eighties. They were doing a show in Champaign, Illinois, and they were about to go on the air. And they had a rider uh, and their rider that said that they had to get cocaine before they went on <laughs> they went on stage. And we were all like, I, I don't know where to get cocaine. Do you know where to get cocaine? Right. <laughs> so, I, mean, I, luckily, I couldn't get steroids yeah. for Little League. I'm not going to know <laughs> cocaine. But uh, you are also in a band. And you're playing here uh, near nearby in uh, Arlington Heights. Tell us about that. 
Yeah, you know, I've been uh, playing bass for for quite a while and really kind of got away from it once uh, I got into baseball full time. But uh, with the hot stove, cool music events twice a year in Chicago and Boston when Theo got here, I really got back into playing a lot and uh, was asked to join a power pop band called The Diff uh, a few years ago and uh, it, it, with some really good musicians. It's been a lot of fun and I finally decided, you know, if I'm going to write some songs on my own, I should probably start now before uh, I get too old. So around my 45th birthday, I kind of devised a, a band concept uh, and a genre, kind of a new wave post-punk, a little bit, you know, in the psychedelic furs realm and uh, spent two or three years writing some songs, uh, talked to some really good friends of mine who are great musicians about maybe joining the band. And uh, we uh, we got together and we recorded 11 songs and we're in the process of mixing and putting out a record here in the next few months. And uh, we've played a couple of gigs and yeah, we've got a, a show coming up February 16th at Hey Nani in uh, Arlington Heights and uh, really looking forward to it. Um, it's been, yeah, have you been in there? It's room? been a fun project, really. Uh, I, it's exceeded my expectations and, you know, as I, as I near 50, I'm a year away from it. Um, you know, the clock is ticking a little bit. So it's like, if you want to still be young and, and get out and play music, you gotta, you gotta get out and do it. And, and I, my, my thing is I, I have to do a lot of it between October and February because right. of my, my busy schedule during the summer. So what's the name of the band? It's called the 45. So it's basically the idea of, you know, the, the mid-40s, midlife crisis kind of theme and uh, just kind of worked. I, I was thinking the 45s, but that would be power pop. But see, the 45 is a little more, uh, oh, yeah, like a, little more a little more new wave. Yeah. Well, Rick's in a band called The Gouts. Yeah. Because of his guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I love it. Yeah, I I'm, remember when I was 50. Those were oh the days, God, yeah. Len. Those uh, were the days. You young kids. Um, but uh, Hey Nannies is a really cool place if you haven't been there before. It's a, it's a, uh, a small room it probably holds about 100 150 people maybe but it's a really intimate uh, setting so if, if you're in the area i really recommend go check out len and his band on the 16th you know as we're heading into 2020 as a white Sox fan i am just tingling with anticipation you know uh with with all the moves that the white Sox have done go on the limb here how are the white Sox going to do what do you think well, I think they did the right thing because they've got this big wave of young players coming and you've got to add to that. They they clearly, you know, starting pitching was the big area where they, they've got to get better. And I think that the Dallas Keuchel move really adds uh, a very stable top of the rotation guy to the mix. Um, and that division is there to be had, yeah. I think. You know, to expect the Twins to hit over 300 home runs again is, is probably a stretch. Uh, the Indians uh, don't overlook them. They still have a, a pretty talented roster, but, you know, the White Sox won't have to deal with Corey Kluber right. uh, a bunch. Uh, the, you know, the Royals are rebuilding. The Tigers will be bad again in their rebuild. So I, I think that division is there for the taking, and I think the White Sox did the right thing in accelerating their rebuild and trying to win now. And um, I, I I think they'll win more than they lose and uh, be very much in the in the mix to win that division. And what about the Cubs? I, I think they're in a very tough division. Uh, the Brewers, again, their September's the last two years have been pretty incredible. I'll be interested to see how the September roster rules 
changes will affect uh, how they've utilized their bullpen. Um, but it would be hard for me to, to predict they'll be better. I think the Cardinals are still very good. I think the Reds uh, are the team that, that have really bulked up and should be very good, and they gave the Cubs all they could handle. Uh, the Pirates will lose a lot of games, might be one of the worst teams in the league. But, um, you know, it's good and bad for the Cubs. Uh, I, I do think competition brings out the best in you. I think they'll fly under the radar. Uh, but at, on paper, I, I think they're in a very competitive division that could kind of play out like it did uh, here in 2019. And, you know, for the Cubs, instead of 84, if they could get up to 87, 88 wins, have a little internal improvement, uh, they'll be in the mix for that uh, division title. But uh, I think it's going to be pretty difficult uh, with a division that I think looks really, really good on paper. And David Ross, you, your thoughts on uh, how he's going to do? I think it'll be a quick study, and, uh, you know, he was born to do this. Uh, I think the biggest question was how does he handle guys who were his teammates just yeah. a few years ago, and I, I don't anticipate any problems that way. I, I, I think he has an understanding of what he knows and what he doesn't know and what he needs to learn, and uh, that, that, you know, he's got confidence, but he's realistic, and he knows that it will take time for him to, to figure out what – his strengths are and his weaknesses are and he's got a, a good staff around him I, I think he'll be a really good big league manager and you know you just hope that a guy like David if, if this is on paper maybe an 85 win team can can squeak out a few extra wins and if that's the case uh, the Cubs could get back to where everyone wants them to be and if not he can always show them how to dance <laughs> yeah that's right uh, he said the other day he, he is retired from dancing that's, uh, <laughs> that's, too bad. that's one and done for him that's too bad. Well, Len, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, I'm going to come out and uh, and see you at uh, Nani, Hey Nani's uh, in Arlington Heights. And uh, obviously we'll be watching you all season on the Marquee Network. And keep up the good work. And thanks again for your time. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Take Bye-bye. it easy. Bye-bye. Okay. That's Len. Len is uh, he's a very good Cubs broadcaster. I, I really like him. And he, he seems a little more serious than I thought he was going to be, you know, on the interview. But uh, Well, the stuff about, I mean, that great idea about the but DH. But the DH idea, yeah, that's brilliant. That. Yeah, absolutely. That is brilliant. We should we should definitely um, well, you're, okay. champion that cause. Absolutely. All right. We'd like to uh, thank the people that helped make this show. That's executive producer Tony Lasana with opishows.com. Opi is uh, hippo. Backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows.com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It's just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again with the Bernie mask and another great no, interview. there'll be a different type of mask. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I okay. Think we're going we're gonna to open up the portfolio. We'll do some more right. visual jokes right. on next week's podcast. So I have three daughters. I'll go through all their uh, old cost Halloween costumes. Uh, maybe I might come in as a bell. Okay. Or uh, Jasmine from, uh, well, from I'd, Aladdin. I'd like a to little see princess, that. A little princess outfit. <laughs> uh, next week for another episode of... Minutia Men. The proceeding was a presentation of Opi Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opi Productions. Tony, can you shut up? If you missed Los Anno or Los Anno and friends, here's what you missed. <laughs>
My name is Ryan Cheverini. I'm the co-host of Windy City Live. The shorter you are, the more famous you are. That is true. Yeah. Well, then explain Will Ferrell, because you've had him. Uh, he's a big dude. Yeah. yeah. No, he's yeah. like 6'4". Will Ferrell was awesome. Will, um, you could talk to him just like we're talking right now yeah. when the light's not on. Yeah. As soon as the camera light goes on, uh, you can't ask him anything serious. <laughs> like, I think I asked him, I said, hey, I'm going to ask you a little bit about, you know, your things that you like to watch, this, whatever. He goes, yeah, yeah, cool, whatever. I come, We come out, and I go, what's the movie that you watch late at night when you're flipping channels and you just have to watch it because it's so funny and he's like um you know uh probably um booty call <laughs> radio misfits get more lozano and friends lozano now on lozano.com good luck trying to spell lozano or whatever the gets called Direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Stay tuned. Rock on TV. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications. From bandstand to gaga. Let's rock on TV. For info and tickets, visit museum.tv. I'm Howard Sudbury. I'm Steve Baskerville. On the next, back to you. Steve, you're making a big change for 2020. Yes, I am. I'm going to change the way that I approach people in life. I can't wait to hear about that. And we're also going to talk about what it's like when you have an uncomfortable interview. And we'll have many of those in 2020. Back to you with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. Back to you, an Opie show, only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved a better place. Radiomisfits.com.